When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is absolutely wonderful. It's day 35, the 1st of September. And eight of the last 10 days have been mist and rain and I've been drenched and hemmed in. But this is absolutely extraordinary now. This is the most magnificent thing I've seen up here. It's just cleared. I just noticed from the studio that there was a slight lightning through the frosted glass and I popped out, thank God to see a clearance, just a thin mist whipping over the top of the mountain really quickly. And the cloud cover is about 200 feet below me. A bank of cloud, a sea of cloud spreading as far as the horizon and above it the sun lighting up a second sky. It's almost like the cloud is an ocean, a fluffy ocean spreading out before me. It's like being in an airplane except I've got the wet rocks glistening beside me. It's absolutely stunning. It's such a gift and a relief. I'm just drinking it in. The space and the light and the length of the view. There's a soft tangerine grey and light blue sky with the sun just burning through it, dropping down to a white line delineating the beginning of the, the lower cloud. And that cloud is just spread out Puffballs. Ah, oh, this is mighty. Really enjoying it. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. So Do you know why it's called Croke Patrick? Why? Because St. Patrick went up there and he stayed on top for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, why, uh, why, how did he die? I'm not sure. I think he became a very old man and his heart got tired. I think he got shot. Oh, really? I'm going up Croke Patrick as a uh, contracted employee of the Mayo County Council. I'm artist in residence and the project that I'm doing is called 40 Days and 40 Nights. The first part of which is a sculptural action, or you could call it a social sculpture. Another important aspect of it, I think, will be the fact that my well-advertised presence on the mountain for the 40 days will alter people's perception of the mountain as they look at it for that duration and perhaps afterwards. And fought it three times, climbing the mountain. It was tough, but thank God I got two men coming up and they gave me great help, great assistance. 
But for the pilgrimage today now. But thank you very much. Yes, great. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the 15 now, times around the church. And I'm doing St. Patrick's Bed and Mass. But it was a beautiful morning coming up. Beautiful. Lovely. So now I think I get on my bicycle. <laughs> Thanks very much. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you. I mean, if you're from around here, um, as we were saying before, Chris, you can't help but have the mountain, you know, as part of everything you do from, you know, if you're down in Berthra in front, you know, in the summertime at a beach party, um, big bonfire and plenty of drink and drugs and swimming and music and whatever. In the morning, there'll always be a quiet time when the, when the reek is up there behind you, you know, as if it's kind of just, um, it's just minding you in some way. And if you're living in the town, you'll look at the reek. You look at it to, to tell to tell yourself or to remind yourself how bad the weather is or how good the weather is. <laughs> but it's not just it's not just about weather. It's a presence that I don't know. I was coming down from Donegal yesterday. We were on holidays for the week, and one of the things that's hard for people, I suppose, who don't come from around here to understand is you know how how just important the reek is you're coming in i know when you're coming just beyond charlestown every time i'm looking for the reek and i'm looking for it on the horizon to see if it's to see if it's there because i know when i can see it that it's it's you know i'm nearly home same on the train outside clare morris if you're coming back from a match in june you'll see it just outside june and you'll know you're there you might come up here for the experience once, or you might come for the crack at the enjoyment for a turn or two, but you won't stay coming unless uh, deep down it means something to you, because you couldn't, you know, to be too much for you, and you'd find other places to go. But I used to always say that I travelled the country to hurling and football matches everywhere, all over the country. There was no road too long for me, and I always, I always felt that when I could could go these places, I could also come to Crocathic if I had the will to go. That's all that could stop you, is if you hadn't the will to go. And to me, there's something that draws you back. My name is Catherine Friel. I come from this area. I'm after climbing the mountain, something I love to do. I suppose the struggle of the climb and then the delight of having arrived at the summit is always a great experience. And as I said, we don't talk on the mountain, but it is always a lovely thing to do. The whole thing of life's journey, I suppose, comes to me as I climb. You know, the easy bits kind of give me the energy and the courage to move on as I see the more difficult bits. And then the struggle of the hard bit gives way to delight when I achieve another little peak. And it's, it seems never ending. And, you know, even when we come to the top, and yet the memory of having survived it keeps me going. And I always think that that's what life's journey is about. You know, the struggle giving way to some times of peace and tranquility and then turmoil maybe and difficulties. But yet the certainty... Well, my name's Mervyn Wilson. Yeah. And it's 50 years to a, within a week or two since I last came. And I don't remember so many people on top 50 years ago <laughs> as there are on this particular day. And I remember still very clearly the stone path. And we were thinking about 
the people who walk barefoot. We've been in, in the area for a week, for four or five days, and we've seen the top most days. Uh -huh. Now we're pleased to be on top. We thought of St. Patrick, and we thought of, I, I thought, anyway, of the, prayer, of the words of the hymn, St. Patrick's Breastplate, and I bind unto myself this day the strong name of the Trinity. Well, we walked all the way from near Lewisburg <coughs> over some of the lower slopes. And one thing I remember is there's much more fencing now done by the farmers. It's more difficult, actually, to get onto the mountain at the bottom, except in an approved place. Though I'm not a Roman Catholic, I'm a believer in the... Yes, a very strong believer in, in the Christian faith. In England, the um, Celtic religion has become, enjoyed quite a new vogue with its emphasis on connecting faith uh, with the, na the beauty of nature uh, and, and a sort of prayer or interior discipline which, which, um, in which the prayer and the Christian uh, way of living impregnates and becomes involved with every daily act. And I think sometimes it becomes a little artificial. You know, it can become rather sentimental and folksy. Yeah. I, mean, I I've no sympathy myself with the little prayer that says, may the road always rise to meet you, because Christianity actually has been able to tackle really difficult hills and climbs. If you always want the road rising to meet you and the wind behind your back and the sun shining on you, you wouldn't actually get very far. <laughs> Spend the week in Balintober, doing the Balintober retreat experience. It involves a whole um, process where we go through the history, our Celtic history, right back to our, prior to our Celtic ancestors. And it takes our religious history through the biblical stories, mm -hmm. and of course the whole patrician journey. So the Troker of Patrick, and Pro Patrick would be very much part of it. I have actually three stones in my hand. And coming, we're on a pilgrimage, and there are many aspects of pilgrimage. And one of them is a prayerful, or a faith expectancy, that you go, and the old belief was that the gods, the deity, was on the top of the mountain. So it's a hard journey up, and you come, like these stones represent for me, some aspect of myself I wish to leave on the mountain, maybe not a nice aspect, and I will pick up another stone to go down hopefully a virtuous one. Ritually or symbolically you are doing a station to, um, for me it's to, it's to connect me with my ancestors but it's also to connect me with with God and... Um... Hello, my name is Peter Cornelis, I'm from Holland and I don't know exactly why I came up this mountain, maybe it's the same reason uh, why a dog chases a car he doesn't exactly know but he does it because it's there It's been a really dramatic day in terms of weather. The visibility was enormous and the sky was so varied and active and dynamic. There were thunderstorms and patches of rain and rainbows and areas of light and sunshine picking up fields here and there and dazzling bright green and movement and action wherever you looked was incredible, culminating in a very powerful thunder and lightning storm this afternoon. There were four of us in the church sheltering and one of the strikes hit the front of the church and the flash came in onto the door, giving us all a bit of a fright. But uh, 
Seeing as I don't have a radio and a television, it's a bit of drama up here. But it's not the only... It's not the only... It's not the only part of here that's really special in terms of, I suppose, being a bit of a, a landing pad for spirits and fairies and whatever else. There's down in front of Kiladangan, down there in front <coughs> of the of the mountain, there's um, there's a lock of standing stones um, that nobody's managed to trace out a reason for them there. But all we know is that they're there, and they're there for a reason. They were put there. There's other rocks over there um, on the walk from Ballantubber that you come across, you know, from which you will see the sun rolling up and down the mountain when the are certain types of the year. There's associated with the mountain, there's the walk from Ballantubber and on that walk you'll, you will pass by famine graveyards, which are very special places. They're special places because they're they're not forgotten and they're left alone, but they're not tended either. And that's a very very striking thing to walk through because they're very quiet places and they're only bits of stones that are lying on the ground. And you'd have to look in the book or hear what people are, 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 are saying to, to learn that it is a famine graveyard. Mm-hmm. And they're associated with this mountain for me. There's um, there's old pagan sites with pagan stone cuttings near Agar, near where Claire is from. So, for me, the, the mountain... My name is Esther Joyce. <laughs> I'm 19 and I'm from Baal. And the reason I climbed this mountain was because um, about two years ago, after my leaving certain results, I promised I'd climb it because, you know, whatever. So that's why I'm here two years later. I'm with my two friends, Maura Boyle from Ballyglass and Michelle Nestor from Ballyglass also. And we're freezing cold and we're wet and we want to go home. I'm glad that I got to experience what St. Patrick experienced himself and um, I'm sure I'll pass on the faith when I'm teaching next year, please God. Maura is also a primary school teacher, so oh. she... So I have nothing to add. I'm just freezing. I, my brain is frozen. I have no news. I'm so cold. Like, I'm in college and friends of mine from Kerry and Cork have said they've climbed it and I'm from Mayo and I've been here all my life and I'm only getting around to climbing it now. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm mortified in college, you know, it's but brutal. You know, it was well worth it because we climbed it when it was tough and wet and windy, and windy even though we didn't see anything from the view, which yeah. was the worst thing we came up for, tops, you know. And yeah. freezing cold weather. Poor Moritz in a string top and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> My name is John Casey. And I'm up here on top of St. Patrick's Mountain. I don't know what I'm doing up here, you know. Well, anyway, and this is my grandson here. Say your name. Say your name. Martin Casey. Martin. <laughs> the two of us climbed it today together, yeah. And we were knock yesterday, the 15th of August. We were knock. We came from back over here, you know. And I'm going back now and I'm trying to get my way back to Shannon. To a place called Kentish Town. They say it's straight ahead. If you turn right or turn left, you won't get there. You know? It's straight ahead. Camelot Town straight ahead, you know. 
I live in there, yeah. Mary Jo Walsh, from, originally from a place called Tormachidi. Derrin Daff Derrick, to be precise. Up here, 15th of August, on Crowpatrick. And it's lovely. Mist is just after clearing. You can see the islands, Clare Island. Good few of the islands, all through Bay. It's beautiful. Peaceful, just the wind, the rustle of the wind. But it was, uh, it was beautiful last year. It's a year today since Oma, so we said we'd do it for, for peace, even though things are not too good up in the north at the moment. But maybe people think today about the last year and a little bit of positive thinking might help them. We, last year we were traveling back to Dublin when we heard about it. Yeah, it really shook everybody. And now the situation is not good now either. Just sad. But we have to be hopeful. I have um we had, I had loads of reasons this year now for doing it. I have um, my brother in law is having a transplant. He's thirty nine years of age and he's he's multiple myeloma, so he's um having a transplant on the twentieth um, of this month. He's going in for it over in England. From but um, we're hopeful, we're hopeful. I was saying maybe there's eight in my family and I thought maybe this time next year, all going well, the eight of us with partners and maybe some of the kids or maybe not all of the partners, whatever, that we do a, a climb as a thank you. You know, it would be nice if we're all still around to do it, you know, and just to experience it together as a group. You know, I think it would be nice. You know, and to be able to say thank you. It's like when you see a nice day, and whether there is God up there or not. I mean, it's nice to look up and say thanks. <laughs> like this morning when I looked out and I saw the beautiful one, I said, thanks, nice one. You did it again. <laughs> you know. I'm Joe Conwell. I'm from Drapeshire in County Derry. And I went till I retired before I ventured up here. <laughs> anyway, that's a struggle. A big struggle. I'm now 66, this is my second time. And maybe next year I hope to be here again. Okay. I've always lived in a place that there's a lot of religion in it. And I'm the only one that never went anywhere. They all went to Knock, they went to Loch Deag, they went to Crookpathic, and I never went anywhere. But I'm here. Years ago I was too lazy. And uh, I mentioned to Joe two years ago, I said, Joe, we'll take a, a day and we'll, we'll head to Crookpathic. And we just headed off, and so talking there one day last week, I said, Joe, Monday we'll go now, he says, we'll go on Tuesday. And this is how it happened the year again. And uh, I'm 56 years of age, <laughs> and uh, I thank God to be as well as the other. Je m'appelle Christophe Soulier, je viens de la France. Mes impressions, hopefully to traduce. So his name is Christophe Soulier, he comes from France too. Voilà, je trouve que c'est une très bonne expérience de venir jusqu'ici. He thinks, he feels that this is a nice experiment to be here. Mes premières impressions, euh, quand j'ai regardé l'horizon, c'était euh, ce magnifique euh, euh, lac euh, qui ressemblait un peu comme un miroir. Et puis il y a des, des auréoles, euh, une eau très nuancée. Um, the the feeling, the first feeling he has, 
is that of a huge uh, mirror with, um, how to say, different colors and patches and a, an impression of immensity. Et puis, euh, au niveau du ciel, comme un, un sol pleureur qui était au-dessus de notre tête. And the sky just looks like a willow above our head. Today was the day of the eclipse, but the eclipse was eclipsed by the clouds. Um, nothing visible up here, really. Uh, there were quite a lot of English people up to see it, and uh, several French groups up today as well. Um, busy enough, not as busy as the last few days. And the weather cleared this evening, and it's become quite beautiful. The support is great still. A number of gifts again today from people. Two young lads came running up to me asking me was I the artist, and presented me with a uh, tin foil package with eight chicken wings in it and uh, generally I'm a vegetarian but when somebody climbs the mountain with food you can't say no and it was great bottle of water with it to wash it down small thing but somehow it touched me it was very moving. Um, I was alone and just on my way down towards the tent from the oratory. And I met a woman in the mist there praying with a candle and a stick. Candle unlit, of course, in the wind. And she had found the climb a little bit frightening on her own. She did it last year on Reek Sunday. Uh, with all the people around her, but this time the mist came down around her and she said all she could do was pray and hope that she wasn't going to go off the track. She was recommending Medjugorje to me as a beautiful place to visit. She gave me two oranges, an apple, two bottles of water and a packet of crisps. And we talked for a while and then she left and I went over to the tent and uh, just hanging on the rotten wooden frame that emerges out of the dry stone wall around the tent, somebody had placed a uh, scapula uh, and it's obviously one that has been um, used for years. It's on a really rough piece of string and then bound with another piece of material are the uh, three medals, one gold with Saint Michael, one silver with a cross, and uh, I can't actually read the words, it's so old, and then a beautiful oval shape uh, medal of the Virgin Mary, which is very worn as well. It looks to me like something that uh, somebody is, has had for a long, long time and uh, has placed beside the tent as a blessing. That's how I'm going to receive it anyway.
What seems to be happening at night generally now is that with the damp, I wake at about two or three in a kind of a cold sweat. And uh, I get up and wipe myself down and change my clothes and go back to sleep again. I can see my breath as I'm talking now. It's extremely damp. I had an awful night last night. I think it was probably the worst night and the closest to actually getting sick. I was up three times drenched with condensation in the bed, drying down with wet wipes, going back to bed, waking up drenched again. But also the strength of the wind, despite the fact that I had the oratory door jammed in next door to where I am. The wind rattled the bolt free five times, so the door was swinging and banging and uh, I had to get up, go into the oratory and close it and jam it again. <clears throat> but it would swing free again. So there was very little sleep. Father Job Manilian from Brittany, and uh, I am with a group of uh, 12 young people. Some uh, stayed down, they uh, were not able to climb the hill, but, um, and we are pilgrims going from here to there in uh, different places in Ireland. We went first to Glendalough, afterwards to Dingle Peninsula, and afterwards to Aran and here now. So we are visiting different places of pilgrimage in Ireland because all that has something to see with what we know in Brittany. Myself, I've been many times here, at six or seven at least, and, um, but I don't know for them. For me, it's a very special place, yes, because I know the place was linked with um, uh, pagan rites in ancient times with uh, Luke, and uh, we have some places like that too in Brittany. And, uh, Superstitious more than spiritual, and um, I think I missed it one year in the last 14, and I think it was 1992 or 3, with a lousy harvest at home, corn lodge, and everything. And, I said, I'll never miss it again. That's, that's, that's the superstitious side of it. I had an auntie did it, I think, in the, far, in the 40s. She did it once, she told me she did it, and she fell. And I was always fascinated by the moment. We used to go on holiday. Tom Sherlock is my name, and I'm from Galway. I, I have done it about, I reckon, about 12 or 13 times my bare feet. 
and uh, I haven't been here now say, for a couple of years. Well, what I did that was kind of, you know, for basically the same purposes as well, you know, for, for I suppose, for families and what have you, you know what I mean, like for, you know, that's basically the reason that why I don't, you know, say that back in them days, my mother, she wasn't too well at the time, and I kind of done it for her intention as well, you know. And, you know, basically for families coming up and your own family, and, you know, that's quite supposed to believe you have, and that's what you do, you know. Well, I think God is present everywhere, really, you know, but it's, it's what you believe. 50 minutes, fastest I've ever done it. And I was, I was off in Peru, mountain climbing, and we were up at about six and a half thousand metres. So I wanted to see if, if, if it made any difference to my fitness, you see, getting up. But it usually takes me an hour, an hour and five minutes. And now we've done it in 50 minutes. I don't think any, any atheist has ever climbed Kilpatrick more often than me, after that record. It's the, the most religious atheist in the West. I object to the Christian cross, all the crosses people are putting on it. That. My friends will tell you I sometimes move wooden crosses down the mountain. <laughs> they shouldn't do it. It's despoiling the mountain. All the graffiti at the bottom, I think, that's dreadful. All the stone graffiti. People love the mountain. They should leave it the way they find it. Um, without the crosses and without the graffiti. Society of St. Pius X. I live in Dunleary, and uh, we brought a group, uh, myself and one of my, one of my confreres, Father uh, DeBrook, and we brought a group of about 40 pilgrims over uh, to uh, make the make the Crowpatrick pilgrimage uh, to uh, gain the blessings of uh, benefits and uh, indulgences from uh, making the pilgrimage. And uh, that's why we're here, and uh, we were fortunate to be able to have the Mass on uh, top of the mountain, and uh, it was the uh, traditional Latin Mass, which is the uh, the only Mass uh, that uh, members of the society do uh, say. Well, the Latin Mass uh, preserves uh, a lot of the mystery, really, that uh, that is there. Our, our faith is a, is a supernatural faith, and a supernatural faith requires that it has uh, mysteries, and a lot of that is uh, lost with trying to make it uh, uh, totally uh, incomprehensible because the mass is and a bit incomprehensible because it is. Most important is the way people deal with it and the way people think about it and the way people see it. And the fact that we all, when we're climbing it, as far as I'm concerned anyways, we all kind of um, climb it in the same way as a deeper part of ourselves really is. I mean, some people go at it aggressively. <clears throat> and they'll run up and down Grudeau and some people go up at it slowly and they go up maybe 40 or 50 times in their life or, or whatever and that's all part of you know just how we think about ourselves and um, I mean you came across the, the traveling people and the, the deep devotion that they have for it settled people the way they see the traveling people and how they're associated with the mountain is when a, a lock of caravans arrive down at the bottom and there might be a bit of a re-raw sent in around a couple of the the eggs in the bunch who'd, who'd be who'd be having maybe a couple a couple of <clears throat> bottles too many but for most of them it's a very very special place where they come to pray in their own very very physical type of way and that's what the walk up is it's a big prayer 
you don't have much of a time to think about anything else, especially when you're coming up the back end. Like every step on the way is a rosary in itself. Yeah, well, we come down the other side and the tougher, the first part isn't too bad though. It's from Tirnacroya to the back, it's the back of the mountain. Top part is easy up to, up to this part and it just gets hard here. Yeah, this is my seventh time now. Well, I'm going through a bad time in my life, you know, and that, and I'm, I'm so happy that I was able to do it in an hour and a half. I couldn't believe that, I, that I, I'm in tough form this morning, like, you know. 90% of the time I'd be a very positive person, happy person, even though I've come through a horrific kind of background, you know, my background, you know, I've lost a lot of my family through growing up and in orphanages and that, you know, and I've been positive even about that too, like, you know, and like, for instance, um, there's a lot of talk nowadays about abuse and that, but most of the people, you know, were very good, like, you know, most of the religious were good, there was just a few, like, you know, but but the main thing is, I've, you know, I've lost a lot of, like, several of my family I've never even met, it seems an unlikely story, but that, that is true, and um, I was thinking of them today, coming up the mountain, you know, and um, thinking of lots, lots of people before me, like, and um, being happy to at the same time, and in that I'm, you know, at 55 now, and I said I've had a tough life, and I'm, I suffer from depression. At the, you know, at the, in the past we were free to talk about this. You know, that was my whole problem. And you know, for the last two years I've been, you know, getting treatment for that now, and I'm, and I'm it's under control. And I'm coming back to myself again. You know, a very good doctor, and he's helped me save my life. You know, I'm grateful and thankful that I'm able to do something like this. That I'm able to, that I have. The, I'm very, I'm very aware of, of lots of people not able to. Not able to do this today, as you say, it's it wonderful here. You know, I'm not very good at organising things. You know, like I like to do my own. That wouldn't necessarily mean. I'm sure God will will be happy with that too. And St Patrick said, "My days, he'll say we didn't come with the crowd. I'm not coming with the crowd maybe anymore. But I'm still coming. I'm still making that effort." You know? I was born in Oma, in Northern Ireland, and they tell me I'm British. I went to Australia at 18 in 1965. And I soon realized I was not British, I was Irish, because everyone kept saying to me, you're Irish, and I accepted that. But I've got a, a, a faith in Jesus Christ now. I don't, I'm not religious, I don't go to church anymore. But seven weeks ago, he became alive in me, and I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, that's what I believe, because he is God. I was able to get before the altar again. As an Irish Protestant, I don't see this as Catholic at all. He is one Christ, one God, and he is Lord of everybody. And one day we'll all wake up that we're all one anyhow, and all the nonsense will stop. But uh, what do you do with bigotry and hatred and, and all this stuff that divides people? It's just bullshit. Like, people reckon that opposites attract in marriage. I don't know where that theory come from, because what I reckon is like is attracted to like. I've never seen a horse get interested in a pig, <laughs> or a hen get interested in a bloody lion. Like, it, it, think about it. Where did that thought come from that opposites attract? I'd just like to finish with, I was born in Oma, January 1947. I was born again 
in Sydney in September 1965. I died on the 2nd of August 1999, approaching Manchester Airport, and I now reside in Melbourne, Australia, for the rest of my natural life. Now, that is not a riddle, it is a fact of life. It is in Galatians 2.20 what has now happened to me on the 2nd of August. Now, if you want to study that, have a look at Galatians 2.20, because it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Paul said this, it is no longer Paul that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, I can't explain it any more than that, because it is such a mystery that the Christian church has missed it completely. And who am I? I'm only a cleaner from Melbourne. But I'm going to be Irish next week, and I will for hold four citizenships, Ireland, Britain, Australia, and heaven. I'm already assured of heaven on the basis of Philippians 3.20. It says, for we are citizens of heaven from where we also wait for our help, which is Jesus Christ. And people are running about with looking into lotteries, joining this, that. Transcendental Christian singing it tends to be very uh, high pitched up in the upper registers or the higher chakras in the body. Whereas a lot of the uh, Buddhist sacred chanting has more of the um, spirit of an imminent God and um, our mind, as they call it. And, uh, tends to be down around the lower base chakra, much deeper, more like... Robert McCarthy, and I'm from a little village in the western part of New York State called Ellicottville. I'm here to bring a lady's ashes, and upon her request, she's asked that she be spread and or buried uh, on the top of Crowpatrick in County Mayo. So that's been my journey to the top. Her name was Kathy O'Connor, and uh, she was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and died there on uh, September 12th of 1999. 98, I'm sorry, it's been almost a year since uh, the anniversary of her death. So. She's returned to Ireland in good spirit, good faith, and hopefully on top of Crowpatrick in good company. She would be about 150 feet, as it were, on the western side of the chapel with a gorgeous view of Westport Bay and down at the Strand and within visibility of the chapel itself. And uh, she is she is encased in a glass bottle sealed with wax and with it is her, her Lady Diana Spencer has become a god and, and I loved Lady Diana but she is dead but they won't let her die because they're looking for Jesus Christ but they can't find him. The Archbishop of Canterbury 
says there is no evidence three or four weeks ago before I left Australia. There is no evidence that he knows of, of the resurrection. Now, I believe the Archbishop of Canterbury is like a dentist who has been practicing dentistry for 25 years, but he's got one little problem. He does not believe in teeth. and I'm heading down towards the final station amazingly enough with the 14 out of 16 rainy damp days with almost zero visibility it's cleared just in the last 20 minutes it's warm it's still and there are patches of uh, cloud below me just hugging the top of Mwilri covering the Sheffrey Hills but it's clear out across the bay. The beach down at Old Head, Clare Island, all the islands in Clue Bay, Mulrani and Ackle. Yeah. 